Friends, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, Lord Jesus, be acceptable in your eyes. Indeed, O Lord, your people recognize that you are their rock and their salvation. And it is in you, Lord, that we put our trust. Amen. I wonder how many of you noticed the TV series, I think it is on the channel 147, Jan Brai for Erfenis. They've got lovely recipes you should tune in. Teaches you skills on how to braai and what not to do. Victor, the things your father taught you, don't ever do that, it's not right. You must do it the way they do it on TV. You get the best fillet. Watch the timer. Hello, Sandra. Welcome back. Um, it's great. So on Jan Bry for Erfenis, this particular series, they invited medical staff and their partners in the medical field to go on a tour with them to do what they call a healthy cooking series. And a friend of ours um, was on that particular tour and sent us pictures every time they were in a different little city on their way to Cape Town. On the one particular occasion, they sent us a photo of Gravrenet. Anybody knows Gravrenet? Hot as hell, which is a real place. Most beautiful people in terms of humility. But the pictures they sent us was of brittle brown fields because of the drought. Have you noticed the pictures of the drought in the, in the, in the, in the areas around us, in the cities within, within and around South Africa? So they sent us their pictures and they made a conscious decision, the group that was on tour, not to shower considering the needs of the local people for that particular water. They did promise that they all did the sign of the cross because they needed to go on to the next town. And so they chose to make a conscious decision to be mindful of the scarcity and of the needs of the people. You and I have been witnesses to what the news have been showing us and reporters have been reporting in the newspaper. Not only do we see the brittleness of the field and the soil, you see the dead livestock and you see farmers crying because not only do they don't, not get an income, but the workers don't get paid. If the crops and the fields are not toiled, people don't get paid. It is per time that you work that you get remunerated. Not only did we see the dead livestock and the failing crops, but you would also have picked up on the anxiety that has grown in our society. No work, no pay. And what do people do when they don't have money? Crime then sets in. People lose an income and can't maintain what they have started and what they had invested in. And the other day, the Minister of Water and Mineral Affairs spoke about the water scarcity and, and the importance for us to be conscious and mindful of what you do. So instead of just washing the one cup, the people that have OCD, every time that you use it, save it for later and only do the dishes once. I know most men applaud that suggestion that you only do dishes once a day and not every time that you use the dishes. 
She spoke about not only the wars of scarcity, but also the fact that the, the restrictions placed upon us is something that you must consider. Because water is a gift, but we take it for granted. But the people in Khrafrenet and every other city that they visited on this particular program, people spoke from the depth of their hearts where the lack of the gift is a reality for people on a daily basis. And so I wondered if you would consider with me the great thanks that we need to offer to God for answered prayers because the rains have eventually fallen on our fields. Amen. But as we give thanks, we do so mindful of the people affected by the floods in KZN. You cannot stand separated from the plight of those who lost their lives and their homes and everything they own. The prayer of the church, the action of the church in KZN and everywhere else around them is that the churches will open their hearts and their churches because our buildings are open on a Sunday and closed every other time. That people will find refuge and shelter with the people of God. Our truth is exactly the same. The drought in our country and in our land is painfully visible for all to experience. But I want to bring that in relation to our reading of this morning of John chapter 4. It is the familiar text of John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman, which reveals to us another drought that we need to consider, and it's a drought that leaves us more vulnerable to disaster. How many of you have considered the drought that we experience spiritually and emotionally? One of the contexts that speaks into that is when your hope and mine as a people of God is carried to another place, and it's not manifested in the particular context into which we pray. We've been praying long for rain. God just reminded us again that he is in charge. Boy, did he take his time. Hope is not always carried in the moment that we are expressing that hope for us. The drought of our souls is often when our emotions are brittle and when we snap under pressure. How many of you have noticed, how many people have received notices, 900 jobs at a time, where people are losing their jobs? You snap under that pressure. There's a, there's a brittleness about our spirits. A drought of our souls also speaks when sleep is diminished because we have a crippling fear. On the CPF, which we are on, the chats that we are on, one of the people posted again, it is again the silly season where none of us ought to sleep because the shoppers are busy and they're not paying for their things. They are taking it for free. It's not funny because we work hard for what we have and we work towards that particular goal and then a shopper comes and he doesn't pay for it. You won't be happy if your PlayStation 4 is taken, will you, CJ? Just like that. When we talk about the drought of the soul of our spirituality, when there is no place and no thing that can quench 
what is a desire very deep within our spirits. So what we hear in John chapter 4 this morning in a new way is what the Samaritan woman is quite acquainted with, with the drought that she's experienced in her own soul. It talks about broken relationships. You remember the scripture says you've had how many husbands? Five. And the one you're with? It talks about secrets. So when your parents tell you Jesus sees everything you do when we are not with you, believe it. Rejection she had endured. And what we know so well in a community is how people can whisper about something. So just imagine for yourself this young Samaritan, not the young, the Samaritan woman standing at noontime at the well that is so well known and weathered, and suddenly here appears a man that speaks to her. But when he speaks, it comes in questions. And this is what he says. Will you give me a drink? I think she was quite startled by it, because if you think about it contextually, Jews and Samaritans did not come and associate with one another. The class system was very clear. But she paid attention because it was a Jew and it was a woman. So there was the cultural issue of gender and there was the class issue of Jews and Samaritans not meeting. But Jesus persisted in his question. And she had the courage, go, go, to answer and to speak. She replies, and these were her words. Not she replies, Jesus replies, who's still a stranger. If you knew the gift of God, or who it is that asks for you a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you a gift beyond all other gifts, living water, from a well that never runs dry. We can't offer that gift to our children if we consider the theology of ecology and conservation. We cannot guarantee that our children and our children's children will be able to drink from a well that never runs dry. And so, as typical of woman, she asks a very pragmatic question. You don't have a bucket. How do you intend getting water from this well? But as she does that, friends, by way of argument, what she asked was actually a theological question. And consider it with me. What she was asking was, where does the spirit reside? Where is the well from which you drink? And if you ask that particular question, it warrants of you to consider spirituality, emotional, and practical. What I celebrate about this particular scripture of this morning is that this woman finds the Messiah through her questions. Let's talk about the parallels for us. Don't we do the same? 
Any parent here that knows every answer to the questions your children ask? No one? I'm so glad I'm not the only parent. Mom, so how is it that I know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are really one? Explain that oneness. Do you struggle with the same question? We'll struggle together. Okay, you asked your father. Good shot. My children automatically, if it's anything to do with the Bible, comes to their mother. I wonder why. Remember the inquisitive of our children when they were little? Why is the sky blue? Until they get to eight and nine and they can make sense of their own world because of the power of education. And they no longer ask about the sky that is blue, but then it goes as very deep as, so explain to me, mom, if you say that God is a God of love, and he created the world, why are people sleeping on the street and have no homes? And you cannot give a matter-of-fact answer because it is what it is. My children will probe until they satisfied. And I recognize the importance in the questions that we ask because like the Samaritan woman, we get to know who Jesus is. But more so, we get to be known through the questions that we ask. But we do the same, don't we? The evidence of God's blessings and the chance for living water of communion are all around us. And we are searching for buckets so we can hold onto that living water. A gift is not a gift until it's shared. My mom had a tea set that she got in a wedding. It was 27 years later when we unpacked the kist. She could tell me exactly who it was from, but never drank a cup of tea in 27 years from the set. So I want as a fundraising next year, anybody who has used something, received something, 20 years and beyond and never used. Okay, you're all in. I like that. When the woman at the well talks about, sir, how will you get a bucket and draw water? What she actually is talking about is the tangible tradition of, of the well of Jacob because drawing water from that well meant that you will survive because that's the only well from which you could drink. Christ is the only well from which we can drink. I don't have the answers to every question, but together we search for the truth that is within each one of us, and we have the Bible and every other means to find that together. I don't think there's a more powerful gift that Jesus the Jew can offer the Samaritan than the gift of water. Sir, the woman asked, please will you give me water so that I too will not thirst again. And if I don't thirst again, there's no need for me to come back and back to draw water from this well. 
I wonder if you have days where you feel that you just want to go about your business like the Samaritan woman at a particular hour when you are avoiding the people because you will be rejected and talked about again because they know your history. And it's amazing how people don't forget your past. And so as she, she chooses that, don't we do the same? You just step into your day and you entrust it to God and you said, I'm just going to do what I'm called to do this day. But then other things happen to you as you continue into your day. I want to believe that we learn more of our own story and more of who we are in Christ because of our experiences. And I stand in awe of the fact that Christ knows each one of us. So we've got a friend that will come to our home and he'll say to us, hello, hello, I knows you. I knows you. And we know that he doesn't remember our names. <laughs> But Christ never does that. Whatever is broken in your past, whatever is that you carry with you, He created you. So when Christ says to you, I know who you are, believe it, because He is the Creator. And so friends, sometimes the best witness that we have is our own story. All we can say when we have had an experience with Christ through his spirit, this is what happened to me like the woman said to the people in the village. But then she asks again, what does it mean? And so this is how we live our lives asking questions. We witness to one another. Have you experienced this particular moment when you could feel the spirit of the living God? I had to ask the question when I was busy with my training and mission, when we had an experience where we needed to exorcise a demon, where this beautiful girl who sat in our circle, as we were interceding and were doing spiritual warfare because we were going out onto the beach in Lelouchia, there was a moment in which the, her spirit clashed with the outside spirit, and Inga started climbing walls and roaring like a lion, and bile was spitting out of her mouth. I haven't heard it. I've experienced it. We live our lives by asking questions. And there we were as young people, unprotected from a demon that was infested in this woman. But we had those who were schooled and they could walk with us through a journey of exorcising a demon. The questions that young people ask is to explain speaking in tongues. Now, not the tongues that you speak when the taxi stops in front of you. The real tongues, where someone in your midst where you're speaking tongues, tongues is able to interpret it for you. We live our lives by ministering to others and asking our questions. And the questions that we ask is a search for faith, our search for truth, 
and our search for meaning. The story of John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman, is for us about the days when we doubt, the days when we are overwhelmed with the trivia of our lives and wonder what is real and what is important. The story of John chapter 4 about the Samaritan woman is about the days when we feel out of sorts and what it is that Jesus can offer us. Living water that works within and that cleanses our spirits and our soul. But what I appreciate more is the fact that it makes us willing to be known by the Lord Jesus Christ, to be vulnerable again to the truth of God in our lives. And so, friends, people of God, when we ask enough questions to get to the point of being known by Christ, we can truly accept, like the Samaritan woman, the true gift that enables us to worship in spirit and in truth. I pray that as we continue into this day and into this week, that you, like me, will open our hands so that God can write his name in our hands and we can write next to it, chosen, chosen by our creator, by our seeking, by our own quest for our lives, our lives become a living proclamation, witnesses of the living word of Jesus. So even if they call me Father, I don't mind anymore because there's a recognition that I'm a witness to the risen Lord. Are you thirsty? Christ has the living water. Amen.